Welcome to the pilot issue of the Kupinger Coal Analyst Chat. Welcome to our soon-to-be-regular podcast. This is the first edition, edition number zero. I am your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm advisor at Kupinger Coal. We will focus on a set of topics that we as analysts encounter in our daily work. And that will be work that we do in, in the research area around our topics, cybersecurity, identity and access management, AI, and much more. But also work we do with our customers that we deal with um, as clients. In each edition, I will have a guest analyst or another guest, and we will have a 15-minute or so chat uh, around these current topics. My guest today is Martin Kupinger. Uh, founder and principal analyst at Kubinger Coal, and we will talk today about the challenges that organizations are facing today with a changed working environment, with people working from home when it comes to dealing with their ongoing projects, especially identity and access management projects, but many of the topics that we cover today will be applicable for many types of projects. Welcome, Martin. Welcome, Matthias. Good to have you for that first edition. Uh, and we will just, without further ado, start out with our 15-minute chat about preventing current projects of falling in trouble when shifting to working from home. So what do you think is one of the main challenges that organizations are facing now that many are, or almost anybody, is working from home just as we do? Yeah, so I, I think we, we restrict this entire thing to what are the work from home specific challenges. Obviously, there are other challenges such as the um, economic turmoil many organizations are in, which infect investment plans, etc. But let's assume you still have the funds to continue your project. Um, you need to push the project and many projects in the space of identity and access and, and, and related areas, also in cybersecurity, need to continue because you are in under pressure. You're under pressure from the auditors, which will not go away. Um, you are under pressure, for instance, in the cyber supply chain risk management, where you need to uh, bring up maybe an ISO 27000 certification. So let's focus on, okay, we need to continue this project, how to do it right and how to keep it working and what will work and what not. And when we take that focus, the first thing from my perspective is you need the tools to collaborate in such an environment. That would be the first thing to start, to exchange documents, um, to communicate, to have efficient virtual meetings and an efficient virtual work style, which is different from traditional face-to-face -face meetings. But on the other hand, it's good that we are in a situation right now where these platforms are readily available and wide available. Many organizations already use these platforms because they use them for preventing travel in, in projects. So maybe that is really a good starting point to build upon existing experiences. Yes and no. No, I, I partially disagree with you. Yes, these platforms are available, so full agreement. They are used partially, I would say. So no full agreement here on, on the current use. You know, um, yes, we find a lot of Microsoft Teams and other uh, platforms of that style in, in many businesses. Most businesses have some sort of um, communication for 
um, video conferencing, etc. But not everything really easily available to every worker. So you need something which everyone can use ad hoc without um, much planning and without needing a special room. So you need something such as Zoom or GoToMeeting or WebEx or Microsoft Teams or whatever else, which everyone can use. Um, you need the platform to exchange information, to have the chat, to have the asynchronous communication. You might need something for tracking where you are in your development work. So the more you go into technology, the more you need something like Jira or other tools in that space. And what is rarely used, but from my perspective, super, super helpful, not to say essential, is you need some sort of a virtual whiteboard, such as the whiteboard app Microsoft provides, which runs on a lot of, of different devices. Obviously, you also then need a pen to, to use the whiteboard, uh, whiteboard. So these things are things you need. and. So my answer would be a yes and no. Okay, but but, but maybe um, many organizations are partially, as you said, used to that, but um, there is still some more conventional, more traditional communication also in place that needs to be replaced by now. And that might also require some changes in the communication processes as they are dealt with because there won't be that regular team meeting and there won't be these informal communication snippets when you meet uh, at the coffee maker or just on the, in the floor um, and you can easily talk to people. So everything that you had before that was informal now at least partially needs to be formalized to keep the, the project going, to keep information flowing. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I would say fully fully agreed with you. Uh, keep the people happy, keep them in the loop, talk with them, but balance it. So so don't spend um, hours and hours in virtual meetings uh, with all your team members, but talk regularly and shortly with them, let them work. Um, so the undisturbed work you can experience frequently in work, uh, work from home is, is a huge advantage. Um, so find a good balance between not isolating people, but having contact. Also use video. So it's really good occasionally to see the other's face, even while it's via video. Do that. Keep them updated, um, but find a good balance. Um, but by the way, um, we, we just talked about this, this platform thing. Maybe a question back to you, because that's that's one of the domains where you are so deep in. That's the other aspect. If we go to all these new tools, which we haven't used much before or which we haven't used at all before, how do you think we best handle security and compliance in that case? Again, that's, I believe, an area where we need to find a good balance between understanding the risks, the challenges, and not going over the top. So if you can't work, it's worse than virtually everything else. But what would be your advice on that? Yeah, usually some things don't change even in this uh, this situation that we have just right now and that will continue for quite some time that that we can expect. So what, what does not change is the policies that apply. So an organization has decided uh, a set of criteria, a set of policies, a set of rules that apply when it comes to using software platforms, uh, data locations, how to deal with that. And these need to be taken into account even in a situation like that, or they need to be revised but controlled. So if there is a um, company policy that says that, that corporate data 
starting from a from a level of criticality, say it's internal or even um, company confidential, that this cannot be stored in another country outside the EU, especially in the US, just in a situation just like now, then that cannot be changed. And these decisions need to be made when it comes to choosing a platform. When you look at the platform that you're using, take Microsoft Teams, then you need to make sure that the information is handled adequately. And this is just a, a simple example of many of these policies that we have to look at when using such a platform. If you make an assessment that identifies which platform is adequate, which platform is also usable, but it's also compliant according to your policies or maybe to the policies that you have to comply to coming from the outside, saying a regulator or even the law when it comes to GDPR, which is a regulation, but still a law. Um, so they have to take care of that. Yeah, I think it, good to branch out on that because it's, I think, an important thing to which to keep in mind when making IGA project, which is our topic, how to run your IGA project in these days to make it work. So find the balance between security and compliance and the ability to work. Uh, and it's an interesting challenge, by the way, for the CISOs um, not to be the notorious naysayer in these days where you really don't need notorious naysayers. Uh, but back, I think another important aspect, aside of the tools, aside of the way you work with your team, from my perspective, is look at what can be done well within an IGA project and what not. When I look at what can be done well, um, obviously, all the things where you need to, to think and to work on concepts and architectures, etc. So all the conceptual stuff, yes, that can be done well. Obviously, you also can develop stuff so that where the developers are already working on implementation. As long as you have a good control on that, yes, quite well. Even pilots might work. And what we already discussed with customers and where we are convinced we can make it work well. There's everything around the choice of tools, so the selecting the right product, the right service. The, the, the most challenging part therein is, is the one where you really need to meet people. So I think we can, go, it's, it's really feasible to select requirements. A lot of interviews with individuals, easy to do. Sending out questionnaires to vendors, yes. They might even have more time and more willingness to fill than ever before. The challenge is what I tend to call the beauty contest, so where you have the vendor presentations on site. Because this is also meeting these vendors, talking with the people, understanding, will this work? Are these the right people, etc. This is a lot about uh, social, so to speak, about um, a human interaction. This is really not easy to replace, but it can be done with video, with well-planned sessions, et cetera. It will never be the same level as meeting them face-to-face. -face. But before you have delays, you can't afford. It's also feasible. What would you say on that, Matthias? Yeah, I, I would actually fully agree because, because um, we as a company, and of course it's not a secret that we both are working at the same com company, which is Kubinger Coal, we are used to working in a more remote, more digital manner for quite some time and years even. So um, all tasks that can be, can be 
time boxed into say one hour or two hours, which do not involve too many participants, generally tend to be tasks that can be very well be executed also in a work from home remote scenario. Everything that goes. Yeah, which which brings us to what you shouldn't do thing. Exactly. You said can be sandboxed. Yes. Don't go for full day workshops nine to five with a short break uh, around lunch in a virtual work style. This is too much. It's too too exhaustive. It is really, it's too challenging. Go into smaller chunks of work. Have long breaks. Yeah, split it, split it across days, but it's far more exhausting when you're doing it remotely. So I, a one-day workshop on site with a customer, okay, we are used to it. A one-day virtual workshop is really horrible. Split it into smaller chunks, two hours that day, etc. You will be also far more efficient because you don't have a clear focus, clear set agenda for only these two hours. I'm a strong believer in that. And obviously what never will work well is where you have, if you're that type of company where you need to bring together 20 stakeholders to the same table, to the same room. This is really hard to do virtually because you can't control that all of them are attentive, etc. This is really, really challenging. And these organizations still exist there where many people have to be involved. Long-term workshops are in real life hard, but they are much harder and much less controllable when it comes to discipline and the the effectiveness of such on the efficiency of such a uh, or such a workshop it really makes sense to 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 slice it up into smaller parts with clear cut definition of what is the expected results and how to get there and that is some, something that many organizations will very quickly learn right now otherwise people when will end up in long term meetings online while most of the participants are doing something else. Yes, it's harder to control when they're just virtually connected and not in the same room. But even for the large organizations, there are ways to make it work. What you could do is you can split it into small groups. You work with these groups. Then you have regular sharing sessions where you say, okay, this is what we have collected so far. We share it. We have a structured Q&A. You have a follow-up with smaller groups again, collecting their feedback. It will take more time. It will take a couple of cycles to sort of reduce it from large groups to smaller groups, dissemination of the results, um, collecting feedback, etc. But even that can be done. As this is still a... An, an time period that we're looking at that will end hopefully soon, say months at least. And if you have a long running um, project, um, my, maybe a reprioritization might help to, to, to start with the tasks that work well, that we just identified as working well, to start with them. Also to gain experiences uh -huh. as, uh, if there is not experience already available, just to start doing it, just like we are doing this podcast for the first time right now. Just Just do it, try it, um, try to do it as positively and as, as collaboratively as, as possible and to choose the things that you in the first place think really can work out quickly in a remote and work from home manner. Maybe that is something that you can take away from here. Um, so if I sum it up, so it's really having the right platform available. That is, of course, fitting to your compliance and governance. But first of all, that makes people work together and that might be Teams, Zoom, whatever, any uh, file sharing platform 
our recommendation and your recommendation working with virtual whiteboards so really drawing as if you were drawing on the wall beneath your desk and, and that would be the first starting point communicate regularly as a summary so keeping people up to date keep them happy but do it in a lean manner very quickly and start with the things that work well or that, that you expect to work well do you have anything to to add as the famous last words after uh, our 15 minutes or so that we have nothing to add maybe maybe one thing we have a lot of other stuff a lot of research out there which looks at how to run successfully all these types of projects how to avoid the pitfalls um, so there's a plenty of material, but you know, right now the most important thing is focus, set your priorities, right? Focus and keep it lean and don't forget to talk with everyone occasionally best with video so that you, that they have seen you and you have seen them again. Thank you, Matthias. Thank you. And as you said, this is exactly not a marketing podcast, but in, at the end, once it has to be mentioned, if you have further questions, please get in touch with us. We will be happy to talk to you remotely via Teams, via phone, via anything you have. Uh, let's get in touch if there are any open questions. Goodbye.